my name is Chase. My wife, Holly, and I, shout out to the beautiful girl right here in the front row with the red flannel. My heart, just, <clears throat> just a couple little extra beats there for that. Um, my wife and I are the, the youth pastors here. And man, I'm so excited that you're here tonight, especially if it is your first time. One more time, if, if you were a guest and this is your very first time tonight, will you just slip up a hand again so I could just see you? I mean, can we give it up? Can we get it up for our guests? Maddie, you're awesome. Um, I'm so thankful that you guys are here tonight, and we are, we're going to dive in tonight into a brand new sermon series uh, called Journey. Everybody say Journey. Brand new uh, sermon series called Journey, and uh, I'm so excited about doing this together with you. Uh, just a couple of things to get it out on the table because it's important that you know what kind of place that you're in. This, although this is a youth group, as they say, a high school youth group, uh, this is sometimes youth groups and churches just get kind of a, a rap of like, you got to come in and you got to be somebody that's more put together than you actually are. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. Um, I have in different seasons of my life. I was raised in church almost my entire life. And I kind of had that story where, you know, you raised in church, your parents know Jesus uh, and you go to church your whole life. But there's just a lot of living that out through your parents for a while. And then you're kind of like, is this even real? Or is this because they told me this is real? And then you, you actually experience some things for real. And you start to realize, like, this is, no, this is, this is legit. Uh, that was kind of my story. But there were a lot of seasons where I would come into a building called church like this uh, or a youth group and have this feeling of, like, okay, I got to be better than I actually am in order to be okay here because I'm at church. And pe people at church, like, got their stuff together. And they're, like, don't really sin that much anymore because they're at, at church. And so, like, I can't talk totally the way I want to talk. I can't think the way I usually think. I can't act the way I've acted because if I'm being fully me, like, there's no way I'm going to be okay here. I just want to set some context and some, some ground rules here, if you will. Uh, LWI, which is Living Water Youth, is going to be a place where, like, you can bring all of your brokenness to. You can bring all of your real you stuff to, and you are fully accepted here. Uh, that's important that you know. Because I don't know what you, everybody's got different experiences with God and church and Christianity and faith and all that stuff. And we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. But before we can go anywhere, you just got to know the kind of place this is. And even if it doesn't always feel like that, because there's times where you will walk in and you will bring those feelings on yourself. I'll be real, because that was me. It wasn't even necessarily people that put those on me. It was just me. I perceived it. It wasn't even there. But I was like, people are judging me. I know I could feel it. But they actually weren't. And then there were times when I, I know that they were. But, man, I just want to help you take a breath tonight. Can we do that? Can we, like, just deep, deep breath? I mean, physically, just real quick. Breathe it in. Breathe it out. I want to try to create some, some space in here for you to know, like, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not have it all figured out. It's okay that you got some baggage. It's okay that you've got some brokenness. It's okay that you've got some doubts. Hello. It's okay that you got some questions. It's okay that you don't have this thing called faith or Jesus or Christianity all figured out perfectly because the reality is you never fully will until we reach the other side of eternity or the other side of this life in eternity. And man, I want to I want to create a I want to create an environment that you know uh, you don't have to be perfect to be here and to fit in to be accepted because that's not the way it is. God has created that opportunity for us through Jesus, and we're going to take a more deeper look into that tonight. But tonight. We are going to open God's word together. And let me tell you this, too, about this book. It's the most important book you will ever touch, read, look at, study, listen to, hold in your entire life is the Bible. 
um, and I got some of my adult leaders that have been holding stacks of Bibles for the last three minutes, and their arms are getting tired. So uh, we have, here at LWY, we really value the Bible. We really value God's word. And so if you are newer to this place or you don't have a Bible with you tonight, it's totally okay. We've got one for you to read with us. So will you do me a favor? Will you raise your hand if you don't have one? We're going to have somebody bring you an LWY Bible to make sure you can follow along in God's word as we take a look at it tonight. And as you turn there, I want you to turn to a couple hands here. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you mine. Boom. Welcome. Um, Sam's going to throw a slide up on the screen. Here's our text tonight. We're going to go to the book of Luke in the New Testament. Luke chapter 5 will be in verse 1. And if you have an LWI Bible, you can just turn straight to page 808. Talk to me about some Hawaiian islands right there. Ah, 808. I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. Page 808 in your LWI Bible. Say, I'm here if you're there. All right, cool. <laughs> Somebody like, I'm not. Still scrolling, still scrolling through my Bible app, Chase. Tonight we're going to talk about this concept, this idea of journey, journeying. That everybody is on a journey. Now, there's something about this word that has come pretty cliche to a lot of us in the way that we've listened to it and we've seen it in motivational quotes and tweets and Instagram posts and like, and most of you would know this cliche saying, so let's just get it out of the gate. Let's just get it out on the table that is not about the destination. It's about the journey. Cool. We got that. It's out on the table now so I can say that so we can move on because I'm going to talk about that a little bit tonight. But We've heard this idea of journey, the journey that life is, the journey that you are on for your own self and your own life. It's kind of become more cliche than it's become um, when, it, when it comes to what we talk about. We just kind of put it in the cliche categories. But, man, there is so much truth that I believe Jesus is going to help us unpack as we take a look at four different situations in the Gospels over the next few weeks of some people that started a journey or Jesus invited to have a journey with him and how Jesus engaged them and, and, and treated them and, 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 and invited them into something that was beyond they could ever comprehend, or ever imagine, or ever conceive. Um, but there's some things about, I'm realizing as I'm having more conversations with you guys, uh, you know, whether it's just coffees or at the end of services or just hearing the things that are going on in your life, man, something is coming up to the surface more and more and more. And I, this is part of the reason I believe God's brought us here for this next uh, few weeks as we walk together through the, through the Gospels a little bit with some of these stories is this idea of everybody is on a journey. And not everybody's journey is the same. In fact, everybody's journey is different. And when it comes to Jesus and when it comes to God and Christianity, there's, there's different stages and seasons of the journey that God has each of us on. But sometimes what we do is we clump all of our people, all of our friends, all of our community, all of our group together in one journey, and it doesn't map out like that. And so then what happens is we begin comparing our journey to somebody else's journey. Or we begin to become uh, jealous of somebody else's journey compared to the journey that we've got or the journey that God has brought us in. Or we begin to disqualify ourselves because we see somebody else's journey and where they're at with Jesus and where they're at with the Lord. And we go, well, I didn't get that. And I'm not at that stage yet. So I guess I should just quit now while I'm ahead because I'm never going to be where they're at. I'm never going to experience this like they're experiencing it. I didn't get the upbringing like they got. My parents are broken in this way. They don't believe like this. And there's a lot of comparing and contrasting. And, and when we begin to analyze somebody else's journey and looking at our own, there's, there's a lot that's going on in that that I think is robbing you from the thing that, that God really wants to do in and through you in your journey that he has taken you on. 
So there's this, this, this idea of journey. We're going to go on a journey together, and I'm, I'm trying to be as least cliche as possible, but we're just going to have to get, up, get over it out of the gate. But it, it really is going to be a journey for us over the next several weeks, and, and that is going to be the title of our message. And as we go to the scriptures tonight, what I want you to do, as I read, uh, it'll be in the Bible in front of you if you have one. Um, it won't be on the screen. I really wanted you to read it from uh, your, your paper Bible or your phone Bible if you have a phone Bible and you don't have a paper Bible which is just a tiny bit less holy than the paper Bible, but it's not. <laughs> Again, no judgment. So let's go to the Word together. Let's read an encounter here in the Gospels of Jesus. All right, this is, this, let me set the context here. Jesus is coming up on this moment where there's a bunch of people, there's a crowd of people that are starting to see who he is. They're starting to be drawn to him. They're starting to hear about this guy. He's talking crazy things. He's doing miracles. He's healing people. He's just, it's this amazing guy. And he's being pushed up to the edge of the water because all these people are crowding around and he sees some fishermen that are coming in from uh, a long night of fishing because they would, they would fish in the evening. For a lot of that was a lot of when the fish are more active and they're biting and that's what they're doing. So they would fish all night. They're coming up. He sees these boats and he thinks to himself, I'm just going to plop in one of these boats so I can kind of get back a little bit. I have more vantage point to speak to this crowd of people. Um, this is where they're at. And this is where we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. Let's take a look together. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, this is Simon Peter, for those that might know that name, Simon Peter, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down, and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep, and then let down your nets for a catch. And then Simon answered him, Master, we, we told all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. Just imagine this moment, right? They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Verse 8, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Jesus and I, will you open our eyes, open our ears, will you open the eyes of our heart, will you help us see what you want to say to us where we are right now tonight in our journey with you? Whether it hasn't really started yet, or maybe we haven't realized that it's started, or we are having a hard time seeing the reality of where we are, I pray you would open our eyes to see you more clearly, to, to get to know you deeper, to get drawn into your presence more, and to be transformed by the truth and the power of your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So there's some things here that I want us to see in regards to this journey that Jesus invites, Jesus invites, what up? Um, Jesus invites these men who are, in theory, or in, in reality, when it comes to uh, disciple material, right? So Jesus has got, most of us know in this place, but if you don't, Jesus is, is who we, we plant our entire faith on. Like, this guy is the living, 
uh, he came and lived real, like actual life. Like he's not a figment of imagination. He's not this idea. He's not this Greek God. He is the God of the heavens and earth. He came and lived in a human body, and he lived this earth for 33 years, and he lived perfectly, and he died a brutal death to pay for our sins so that we can ultimately have a reconciled relationship with the Father, have eternal life, and also have a life abundant on earth, and be forgiven of our sin for once and for all through his life and through his sacrifice. But this man, as he's walking the earth, he, he called and invited some people to follow him on a really close, intimate level. He called disciples. Most of us know this as the 12 disciples. As we think about people that are qualified to be known as Jesus' disciples, it's so funny how Jesus doesn't pick the people that most people would think, like, these are the guys that should be doing it. Man, it's so powerful as you look through the Gospels, as you get to know Jesus more, and as you look at this story to realize that these guys were fishermen. These guys, when it came to, when it came to the intelligence side, when it came to the, um, the skills side, their skills were extremely limited. Their intelligence was pretty limited in regard to the profession that they were in. And yet we see Jesus inviting these people who are not qualified to be world changers in regards to the things of God and like, knowing who God is and being educated in the things of God. And yet Jesus goes like, yeah, I don't need that because I'm going to call these guys. And if they will follow me, we'll do it. We'll do what we got to do. It's so powerful because we get stuck in a world all the time where we look at the things that we should, should be qualifications or the things that should be the, the things that we think we need in order to accomplish something or the things that we don't have in order to be somebody of purpose or value or significance. And yet we see God flip that, that theory up on its head over and over and over. And Jesus demonstrates this right in the beginning. But what I want us to do tonight is we're going to take, we're, we're going to walk through and just look at five different observations of what's going on here in this text and pull from it and go, okay, God, what are you trying to say to me tonight about the journey that you have got me on or the journey that you have in front of me from what you did with calling these first disciples in this moment with Simon Peter and the, and the rest of these guys here? Um, the first thing I want to I pull, pull our attention to is when you think about Simon Peter in this moment, <laughs> I love that Jesus is coming to this moment on the heels of a disappointment. Like Simon Peter fished all night. They caught nothing. And he's probably frustrated. He's probably feeling like, yeah, this isn't working out like I thought it would. That this was a big fail. I wasted a lot of time and energy and we didn't get anything. And Jesus comes into this moment and is about to turn this whole thing upside down on a moment that there's a bunch of things that didn't work out like he thought they were going to work out. And as I'm talking to students, as I'm, as I'm engaged, I'm having conversations with you guys, and I'm hearing the things that are going on in your hearts, and I'm hearing the stresses and the worries about the future and about school and about what am I going to do with my life and about where am I going to go to school and what am I going to do as a, as a job. And i got these pressures from my parents and these pressures from my coaches and these pressures from these people all around me to be somebody great and to do something awesome and to just succeed and not fail. I love that Jesus takes a moment of failure and goes, now watch the miracle I'm about to do. It's so important we see that before we even dive in deeper because it's, it's, it's a lot of the time on the cusp of failure in our lives that God brings out the greatest miracles, that God is about to bring out the greatest places of, of purpose, the greatest moments of you're about to experience something deeper than you've ever experienced before with him. And so when you're experiencing failure, when you're experiencing something that this isn't working I, or this didn't work out like I thought. I didn't get into the school that I thought I was supposed to get into. I didn't, I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten to the place that I, I thought I should be at by now. This relationship didn't work out like I thought it was going to work out. I thought he was the guy. I thought she was the girl. We were supposed to be together forever. 
we see a beautiful picture before, before this even happens where Jesus is like, yeah, I'm going to use this moment of, of failure to, to capitalize on and reveal my power and reveal my purpose and reveal my plan. So even as we're listening here, you got maybe got moments in your life where you're frustrated by how they haven't worked out how you thought, the plans that you had set out to be perfect for what you wanted, but don't disregard them as just failed plans or, or things that didn't work out. Maybe God's got something in it for a purpose and for a reason. So let's dive in and take a look at some of these observations. First observation I want you to see as we look at this text is out of verse 4. When Jesus comes here and he just, he just like real clearly it's kind of stirring the pot a little bit. And he tells, he tells Simon Peter in verse 4, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So we see this, right? They're already out of the boats. They're cleaning their gear up. They're ready to go home and sleep. They're probably hungry. Like, we're gonna, we'll come back in a couple days because that was a waste of our time. And what does Jesus do? Comes up to him. He knows this. Jesus is God. He understands what's going on. He's not like, oh, I didn't know you guys weren't out there all night. What do he do? He comes up and he presents an opportunity for Simon Peter to do something that was a, didn't make sense, and B, it was inconvenient. How many times has God called you to do something that doesn't make sense and is inconvenient, and yet it's the right thing because God's calling you to do it? Man, a lot of the time, God does that. I can't tell you how many times in my life where I'm like, God's speaking to me, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, though, because we just bought a house, and we just were, were pregnant with another kid, and Different things. Like some of you guys were at, at Collide Conference and you heard a little bit of my testimony there about coming to Olympia. But there was a moment where God spoke and said, yeah, I'm calling you to go, right? And then I began to map it all out. But I'm like, yeah, but this doesn't make sense. And it's pretty inconvenient. There's so many moments. But then but what does Jesus show us here? Jesus actually like uses things that don't necessarily make sense on paper and are inconvenient. And potentially even frustrating. Could you imagine Simon Peter all night? We're talking all night. It's fish. And he's like, go out deeper. Put your nets out again. I know you just washed them, and you're already all packing them up, but go out deeper. Jesus asked him to do something that was not making sense and incredibly inconvenient. And a lot of the times, that's how he will speak to you. So don't disregard those moments. Like, ah, oh, that's not worth it, because usually on the other side of that, it is. I love the way that Peter responds. This is the next observation I want us to take a look at. Verse 5. What does Peter, here's how he answers Jesus here. Master. We toiled all night, and we took nothing, right? He's like reiterating, hey, just to be clear, you understand, we just did this all night. We took nothing, but this is the key thing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. So Peter has an opportunity here because (laughs) uh, if you you catch this response, it's super justifiable, right? Like his rebuttal to Jesus in this moment, like everybody gets it. And everyone's like, what's what's wrong with you, Peter? Like, listen to Jesus. Everybody's like... Yeah, we, I actually understand why you would be like, seriously, Jesus, why are you asking me to do this? Like, you, it's justifiable the way that he responds to Jesus. And yet, what we see here is that Peter values God's word over his feelings. Like, Jesus says something that he's calling him to do. Peter's like, I don't like this. Jesus, I'm letting you know. Like, I'm, I'm just going to wrestle this out with you. We just did this. It didn't work. But because you said so, I'm going to do it. Man, when God speaks to you, take it seriously. If you've got something in your heart and in your life that you're like, man, I can't shake this. I know God's called me to let this go. I know God's called me to let, the, let go of this relationship. I know God's called me to let go of this dream. I know God's called to let go of this whatever, this thing I need to let go of. It could be a good thing. It's a lot of the times it's not always bad things. Now, yeah, we have some things in our life that are killing us, but a lot of the time there's things in our life that are just slowly pulling us away from his purpose. 
that he's calling us to let go of, or he's calling us to come back to. And what does Peter demonstrate for us in this moment as he's starting this journey with Jesus? Because he's just beginning here. He shows us the valuing of God's word over his feelings. Obeying God rather than leaning into his feelings. I mean, I'll tell you what, your feelings are there on purpose. God's wired you and all those things, but when your feelings are God, they fail you. Your feelings cannot be your God. Your feelings cannot be your Lord. And Jesus' word has got to supersede your feelings. Jesus' word in your life speaking to you through the word of his, the Bible here, the, the actual physical Bible, but that spirit, that Holy Spirit that speaks to you, has got to be above those feelings that are really loud at times because ultimately, those feelings go up and down, but God's word stays constant. God's word stays sustaining. God's word stays on a straight and narrow path. And that's where, when it comes to your and I's journey with Jesus, we need to assess for our own selves even tonight. How am I in this area? Like, what have I allowed my feelings to rob me from obeying Jesus in? Peter responds and values God's word and obeys. Next thing I want us to see here, observation three, verse six. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. So here's this, <laughs> here's this moment. So they do what Jesus says. They're like, all right, Jesus, we value your word. You, you, we'll, we'll do it. And probably, I'm sure there was even a spirit of him, like, almost like, we'll do it, and we'll prove you wrong, just so we can say it. See? I'm sure that was there. There's probably been moments even in your life where you've had that. Have, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that with, your, with one of your parents. Where you're like, you, you have something that you are pretty firmly standing on. Is this not going to work? But they're like, it's going to work because I'm twice your age. And I've been doing this a lot longer than you. And I brought you into this world so I can take you out of it. Just kidding. How many times have you, and then you do it, and it's exactly like they say. And you got to like, oh, man. You got to humble, humble yourself and tell them you're right. It's a great moment. It's a beautiful moment. I'm experiencing Moments like that now coming back to me with my three-year-old as I'm trying to explain to him, this isn't going to work. And he's like convinced it is. But a lot of the time, it just takes a little bit of time for everybody to come around. Jesus, in this moment, knows Peter's response. And what happens here? In this moment, they put the nets out. They respond. They obey. And then all of a sudden, you see the miracle take place. And Jesus does. This is the, this is the takeaway here. Jesus does immeasurably more than what Simon Peter could have even fathomed. So he, will, so he obeys. He overcomes his feelings and says, all right, I'll, I'll do what you say. And then not only does he catch some fish, because even if he, if he just caught some fish, it would be, it would be a miracle. It would be like, oh, cool. It, it happened like you, like you said it would. Because I caught nothing all night, doing it in my own strength, doing it in my own abilities, doing it in my own plan, doing it in the way that I had mapped it out. We got nothing. So even if they caught something, it would have been like a big deal. But the fact that the nets came up full of fish, so full that the nets were breaking, that homeboys had to call their brothers from the other side and be like, hurry up, get over here. I got to put some fish in your boat because we're going down fast. And by the time they got fish in the other boat, both boats are sinking. There's so much fish. There's so much miracle. It's immeasurably more than they could have even fathomed. That's what Jesus does. Man, I cannot tell you this. I cannot reiterate this. I cannot... I cannot communicate this in a clear enough way. When you say yes to Jesus, when you walk in obedience to the voice of God in your life, he will always respond in immeasurably more than you can fathom or imagine on the other side of that obedience. I love that Jesus just blows it out of the water, literally, like, metaphorically, like, fish are crazy, they're sinking boats, but then just generally, like, this is, this is our God. This is who we serve. This is who we follow. 
This is who we are invited to be on a journey with. A Jesus who says, man, listen to me, follow me, and I'm going to do immeasurably more. I love that. I love that that's how the way our, our God works. And there's so many of us that are settling for immeasurably less in our relationships with Jesus, in our journeys with Jesus. And, and we serve a God of immeasurably more. But how many of us are stuck in immeasurably less right now? And God's going, listen. I got something for you. I got a word for you. If you will respond to my word and trust me and obey, on the other side of that obedience is immeasurably more. Moving on a little bit here. Next, next thing I want you to see. This is a quick one. It's kind of like an observation and a half because technically this makes it. No, this is five. This is five. This is, this is number four. It's my bad. Verse eight. But when Simon Peter saw it, so he's, now this is a moment, Peter's seeing what's going on. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. What's going on? Peter realizes what just took place. And, and really what happens is Peter realizes who, who Jesus actually is. And then he humbles himself before him. A lot of us in this place, we have not had that moment yet. We've been a part of church. We've been part of faith, Christianity. Our parents have been doing uh, Christianity for a while. We've been going to church with them. But here's what I'm seeing in this generation. And this, I don't think it's just to this generation, but I, I, I'm seeing it more, more than ever. And maybe it's just because I was blind to it when I was in high school. But I'm seeing a lot of people in this generation, a lot of junior high and high school students that know how to say the right things and how to behave the right way. And yet they really have not had a revelation of who Jesus actually is. Let me say that again. I'm watching a generation and, and, and come up in front of us where there's a lot of people who know how to say the right things, behave the right way, but they have yet to have a revelation of who Jesus actually is. When Peter has a revelation here of who Jesus actually is, his response is just humbling himself before him, fully going, submitting, like, oh, man, I did not realize this. You're really the real deal. Like, all that I can do here is just confess my sin and be like, Oh, you actually got, oh, Lord, you're, you're not just a dude, like, took in my boat for a little bit that I was going to sue later and get a bunch of money because this guy's trying to steal my stuff. Like, I'm literally like, you're God. What's so crazy is that even though this was 2,000 plus years ago, the still, the, the, the potential of what's in front of us is the exact same today. That Jesus is just as alive and just as real, and although he's not physically here, we know that we're not just talking air up in the sky with religion and God. Like, this is a real life human God that has conquered death, hell, and the grave and is available for you and I to follow and experience life with. That's in front of us tonight. But what I'm seeing is a lot of Christians, young people, next generation people, and this isn't just you, this is the whole church, that are like, they know how to say the right stuff, praise you, Father, amen, this is awesome, I love God, I love church, when it's the way this is it, but, but when it actually comes to knowing who Jesus really is, it's, they're lacking. They haven't had that epiphany moment, that revelation moment, like Peter just has here. Man, man, when he actually realizes who Jesus is, he humbles himself, gets on his knees and goes, you are God. Jaden, I'm going I'm to invite you up, buddy, if you wouldn't mind coming up to the keys as I wrap up here. Last thing I want you to see is that in verse 10, this is what it says. Jesus says, as this moment's all taking place, they're watching this all go on. Verse 10, Jesus talks to Peter and the, and the disciples here in this bar, the fishermen here, and he says, do not be afraid. 
Here's the line I want you to catch. From now on. Man, there's something about that line I just can't get over. I almost want you to, if, even if you have an LWY Bible, if you have a pen, I give you permission. Can you, can you underline that for me? If you have your own Bible, do it too, whatever that phrasing is. But that phrasing, do not be afraid from now on. Double underline from now on. Uh, verse, verse 10 says, do not be afraid from now on. I, whatever that is for you in your Bible, I want you, to, I want you to underline the from now on part. You can underline the whole verse, but just make sure from now on is what stands out. There's something here that as I was, I was praying and preparing for the message tonight, I just felt like God was like, I got some from now on moments for some students tonight. I got some from now on moments that I want to speak over them. That, hey, you did this, but from now on, you're going to do this. That you've been this, but from now on, tonight forward, you're going to be this. That you thought you were going to go to this place and go to this school and go to this profession, but from now on, I'm calling you to this. Or you thought that the way you were going to get there was this, but from now on, I'm calling you to go this way. The unconventional way, the way that might have not might, might not be making any sense. <laughs> it might not be convenient at all. You're like, God's called me to be a police officer. But maybe he's calling you to submit your life to a season of just seeking his face for a while and growing in your faith before you step into the police academy. Maybe God's calling you to be a doctor, but he's calling you to go to a missions trip for a year first and give your life to just seeing what God wants to do in and through your life on the mission field. I don't know, but but for some of you, there's going to be a from now on moment tonight that God is either going to start speaking to you tonight or confirm that he's already started in you tonight. But let me let me see. I love that he's, he's, the first thing he says before that is do not be afraid because he knew that the from now on would constitute an illicit fear. He knew that in order for somebody to actually respond to the from now on moment, there's going to be fear. Well, what happens if I fail? What happens if I let my parents down? Well, what happens if I let my coach down? Well, what happens if I, if I don't do the thing that I've been working so hard to do for the last eight years of my schooling? What, what's going to, my, there's no way I'm going to be able to succeed in that. My parents are going to lose their minds. And man, I'm telling you, I, I, Jesus has got some from now on moments for some of you in this place tonight to speak over you. And it's not going to make sense. And it's not going to be convenient. And he's really reassigning some of you. That's what he did. He reassigned Peter. Because his assignment was a fisherman and he just he just tweaked it a little bit he reassigned him fisher of men i love this moment and i think that tonight god's got some for maybe a few of you i love that jesus intersects their journey and invites them on a journey with him man i think tonight my 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 the deepest part of my heart is to help you see. I mean, this this a little bit a little bit of this thought and a little bit of this heart was started whenever uh, the last night of our conference, this a couple weekends ago. If you were a part of it, I can't shake this. I can't shake this. I can't shake this thought. I can't shake this thought that like I've been. I have been. I don't know the right word. I've been throwing softballs up to the next generation. I, I just. I can't get over it. Like I, here's what I'm trying to say. I, I feel like I've been playing it too soft. 
like I just I don't want to I don't want to like pressure I don't want to I don't want to make you inconvenient I want you to come to this stuff I want you to want to be here I want you to be a part of what's happening because I genuinely love you but the Lord is continuing to just bring this like like stop being soft throwing softballs up like actually I want to call them to come and die come and die to themselves come and die to the things that they thought they were going to do because ultimately I got better life for them and if if they don't have somebody tell them like die to that because it's not actually what God has for you then they're going to miss it so stop throwing softballs up and just challenge them because they're ready to respond to the challenge man they're ready to have some from now on moments so stop just throwing the hey come to youth group we have a fun time and live your life however you want it going on from this point and hopefully you succeed in college and do all those things that you want to do and feel all those pressures that you want to feel for the rest of your life to please everybody else but if you want to leave all that and experience something else that God has for you that's so much greater than you could ever fathom immeasurably more than you can even think then maybe there's something else that God's got from now on and I just can't shake it because there's more life to be had. There's more life to be experienced in the laying down of your life and then living in the fullness of who Jesus is. And so tonight, here's what I want to do. I want to I give us an opportunity. We're going to actually wrap up in a little bit more worship tonight um, because I think, I, I think you just need to have a little time with the Lord to just go, God, what are you doing in me? Is, are you, is there anything, like I, like I said, I think there's some people tonight, like you're hearing this and you're going, this is a big deal. All right, Chase, this, there is something starting tonight, like that's stirring in my head and stirring in my heart about maybe God's calling me to something more that's going to look different than where I've been going. Preference, direction, future, and this, you're hearing it for the first time tonight, and you need to spend some time just like going, all right, what does this mean for me? Some of you, though, God's already started that in you. Maybe it was at conference a few weeks ago. Maybe it was a different time. And you've been pushing back. You've been like, no, 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 God. We've been doing this thing for a long time. You don't understand. Like, I've been practicing, training, learning, all these things for this. I can't go do that. It doesn't make sense. Why would I go do that right now? Why would I go leave the path that I'm I'm on right now, and I and you, but you've already had that feeling start to sink in your heart and your soul about going a different direction, or about letting go of something that you need to let go of, or about being a brighter light in the dark places that you're in, like when you're at school or when you're at your sports, whatever you're at, and you're at your extracurricular, like actually stepping into the fray. And saying, all right, God, okay, you actually can use me. I'll actually let your light shine through me. Well, I've been trying to hide it because I don't want people to think I'm weird. I don't want people to reject me. I will actually let you use me, shining the light of, of your love to them in a way that I don't care about what people think anymore. Jesus is inviting us tonight. As he says, come, follow me. From now on, you'll be catching fisher. You'll be catching men. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Uh, I want to pray for us because I think there's some people in here. Maybe you haven't started a journey with Jesus yet. You just came because a friend invited you, and you're like, whoa, what's going on here? It's a lot. Didn't realize it was going to be this whole thing. Should have given me a little more heads up. But, but, but maybe something's actually going on in your heart. Man, Jesus is inviting you tonight for the very first time 
maybe you haven't started a journey with him, haven't started that relationship with him. Or maybe you've been really living that relationship through your parents or through somebody else, and you know that, like, you haven't been, you, it hasn't been you and him, it's really been through somebody else. Jesus is inviting you tonight to start that journey. And the Bible is really clear in Romans. Here's what it says. How you start that journey, all it is, it's confessing with your mouth. Literally, it's just saying, I need you, Jesus. I believe that you are what the Bible says that you are. So we're clear. He's the son of God, perfect, sinless, came and lived a perfect life, died that brutal death so that you and I can receive that sacrifice as a gift that we could never earn. We don't deserve it, but it's ours because of Jesus fully. We're adopted into the father's family because of him, paid in full, forgiven. You confess that with your mouth. Jesus, you are who you say you are. You died. You rose. I receive that grace. And believe it in your heart. The Bible says, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. And the Bible says, you're saved. That's it. Your journey started. You're going. Some of us, we've started that journey, and we've just decided we want to try to live two different journeys at the same time. I'm going to live this journey most of my life, and then when I, like, feel like I need to come back for a little bit because I'm getting discouraged, or I'm getting depressed, or I'm getting, like, uh, I'm going to come back to this journey that you call me to be on, God. But, but most of my life, I'm going to go back on my, I'm going to try to do parallel journeys because I just, I want you, but I really want all this stuff over here. I, I want you when it's pretty convenient and I'm not feeling it. But then for the most part, I want to be able to go the place that I want to go and be with the people I want to be with and do the things that I want to do. And God's calling you not to be like, yeah, you got to let that one go. I'm calling you to something greater. You got to let go of that journey. You got one journey that's going to bring real life. You got one journey that's going to bring you real fulfillment. And it's a journey with me. So some of you tonight, you just need to, make that decision that a from now on moment of I'm going to let go of that journey I'm trying to live parallel journeys to make the no I'm gone Jesus I'm a sinful man I'm a sinful woman I repent will you forgive me I want you I want to go where you want me to go I want to follow you wherever you call me to follow you because I know that's where real life is at even if I don't always know and can always, can't always understand. So I'm going to pray for you. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to invite you to stand and we're going to worship and come up to this altar and kind of just pack it around and give you an opportunity to just get in front of the Lord and go, as we sing this song we sang earlier, just God, what, what are you inviting me into tonight as a from now on moment? Because I know there's going to be some of us in here that that is what he's doing. So let's pray. Will you bow your heads for a moment? Close your eyes. Let me, let me do something for that first group I, I mentioned. If you if you're here tonight, you came with a friend, or maybe you came back after a while. You know what? But here's the thing. Let me be, let me be clear. As your eyes are closed, let me be clear. We assume a lot in the church. I'm learning. Again, as I spend more time with you guys, I'm learning. I'm assuming too much. Some of you, you, may have, you, you, you might think you're a Christian, but you, you're, you're not. You might think that you are, but you actually have never had a moment, like a moment, that you were like, oh, that's actually Jesus. And confess with your mouth and believe in your heart on him as Lord and Savior for your life. If, if that's you tonight, if you've never done that and you want to start a journey with Jesus in this relationship that I'm describing, whether you think that you've done it or you know you've never done it, but you know that tonight you need to you need to start and have that moment. I want to pray for you. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If that's you, will you put a hand up so I can know who I'm praying for? 
and then I'm going to pray for you. So everybody's eyes are closed, but if that's you, put your hand up. You want to start a journey with Jesus tonight. I see you. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Nobody's looking around. You're good. Be brave. You can keep your hand up. I see you. 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 Bible says, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. Jesus is who he says he is. This is a from now on moment for some of you right here. So as I pray, you're going to pray in your own, your own head, your own heart, and you're just going to, you're going to reiterate these things in your own mouth. I mean, you can even say it as I'm saying it. You can kind of say it under your breath if you want to, but man, this is a moment for you. This isn't about you and me. This isn't about you and anybody else. This is about you and Jesus. So let me pray. Jesus, thank you for being who you are, for being real, not a figment of imagination, not a, not a, a fairy tale, not a philosophy, a real person that was really God, that lived this earth, lived perfectly, died brutally, loved immensely so that we can be adopted into the family of God. I pray, God, for every hand that was raised, that in this moment there would be something real that would be taking place in their hearts of the confession of their mouth that you are God, that you are Lord, that you are the, the one that you said, that the Bible says that you are, that you're not just a great leader or a great prophet or a philosopher, but God, you are God, Son of God, the only way to the Father. We confess that with our mouth and we believe in our hearts that you died for our sins. We receive that gift of salvation. In fact, everybody in this room for a moment, will you say, I receive receive the gift of salvation that comes through Jesus alone. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name. Second group, you'd say, I have been, uh, I've been, I mean, let's, let's do this. If you've been in a place where you've been trying to live in some parallel journeys and you know God is calling you to a, a, a point tonight, a, a line in the sand kind of moment or a, a reline in the sand because maybe you've drawn it before but you've been, it's just been getting blurry or you've been backing away from it because of life and the way it's been coming at you. But you know tonight God's calling you to a from now on moment and you just need to acknowledge and I can't get away from it, Chase. I, I, I've been trying. I've been, I, I tried to forget about it. God was doing something at Collide Conference or, or something else earlier. I've been trying to push it back, but I know that tonight God is calling me to a from now on moment to let go of trying to do this thing in two different ways with two different duplicitous people when I got I to gotta lay it down tonight and say yes to the path that Jesus has for me. If that's you, I, I just want to pray for you. Will you be bold enough to raise a hand? Will you lift a hand up right now so I can know who I'm praying for? 